All right, folks, you know how this goes. The perfectly generic podcast contains spoilers, occasional adult language, and Vriska. Uh, let's get started. Uh, first off, I wanted to uh, I wanted to introduce our guest. We've got Aisha Ufera, uh, who was the lead writer of uh, of Hive Swap Friends. It is all right to clap for Aisha. I just want to say, <laughs> I do. <laughs> And if you're not here for this podcast, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and I am a fan whose identity remains unknown to us. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to do our show today. First off, uh, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, this is our second live show. Uh, and thank you to the Berliner for hosting us. If you haven't already ordered some of their amazing food and drinks, uh, please do it the next time somebody comes around. Uh, I love this place, and I'm so glad that they're hosting us. Um, and before we get started, I wanted to thank our uh, our Crocker tier patrons on on Patreon. If uh, the Wi-Fi here will let me, very good. <laughs> no thanks. Very very graceful start. Yeah. Good radio. Really good radio. And this is a tribute to the first episode almost a year ago today, where I just didn't edit out the part where I stopped and I looked up some stuff on my on my laptop. I want to thank Artemis Ruby, uh, Bo Kind Abstrata, Christian Labrio, Dizzy, Isaac Alexander, Justin Cope, Legfish, Max May and watch Revolutionary Girl Utena. Uh, which I, I will admit... Is that Tess? No, that's a, that's a Oscar. I've still oh, okay. only... I've only done four episodes. I it's seen good. I also, I also saw the scene uh, where Utena turns into a car. That's, that seems right up your alley. It does. <laughs> Don't... Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Girls in cars. I yeah. don't know. Like, I mean, I do like cars. I'm a big motorsport fan. I, I, did, I did give Taz... I gave Optimistic Duelist a like essay on the aerodynamics of the Utina car, so you are you are calling me out a little bit. I just thought That's it was a good time. For. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking today about uh, the female villains of Homestuck. Um, Surprise! You all came here for Jane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mind fan. Mind yes. Fan. Yes. Um, and and you know Homestuck has a Homestuck and gender is pretty much sort of the the core theme of this podcast basically. Um, I I just can't shut up about it. I never have met a gender. I've never met it. You all that's lucky lucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us are so lucky. Um, that's what we call a joke. Really, <laughs> I've never heard a joke in my life before. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is the person wearing the Doc Scratch cosplay, but okay, go off, I guess. Yeah. I'm wearing this completely unironically. Yeah. Uh, Doc Scratch, my favorite character in Homestuck. Good. This isn't a Doc, by the way, this isn't a Doc Scratch cosplay. This is like the opposite of Doc Scratch, all right? It's a subversion. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> it's because it's a, well, it's like, no, you know what? I'm not going to make that joke. That's probably inappropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Homestuck, uh, Homestuck, like, deconstructs the gender roles of its characters in a really effective way. Um, you know, you, you get characters like Jake English that have these traditionally feminine narratives. Like, Jake English is this boy who dresses like Lara Croft and, you know, is the damsel in distress He's constantly. a strong female character. Yeah, <laughs> Jake English is a strong female character. Um, and then you get, you know, characters, um, just like so much media has uh, female characters whose existence is only to support the heroism of a male character. You get, I mean, you get uh, male characters whose existence is only to support the heroism of a female character like Tavris. <laughs> Sad trombone noise. <Yeah. laughs> Pour one out. Um, 
You mean every troll that's not Karkat? Right, every, right. All the troll... <laughs> every male troll? Every All the troll boys are just very bad, except for Karkat. Yeah. And, you know, even Karkat's not perfect. I feel like Karkat gets off way easy among the fans. My son. I'm telling you, Karkat's problematic. I know. I, know. <laughs> I love my son. Uh-huh. You love your problematic son. I love my problematic son. Um... No, but here we wanted to talk about uh, the the scary, scary women of Homestuck. The terrifying women. The terrifying women of Homestuck. And, uh, if, like, and if the questions that we got are any indication, we, we really need to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people seem to fundamentally misunderstand some things about the, the female villain. My favorite question we got was, is Gamzee a sexy villain? I was like, ah, oh, yes, my favorite female character. <laughs> yeah, Gamzee. You might, have, you might have really missed the point if you asked a question about Gamzee. <laughs> Could we go off about... <laughs> Can we go off about Gamzee a little bit? Sure. I feel like if I, I mean, look. Fuck that guy. It's twi- It's 2019. We can finally say like Gamzee has no rights. Like if you, <laughs> like Gamzee likers are not protected under the Constitution. <laughs> if you like, if I find you liking Gamzee, like it's you will be. It's on site. It's on site. You will be sorry, Buster. Or as my dad said, oh that guy. Ooh. Yeah, that guy's just gross. I the, the thing is, is that with male characters, it's always so difficult to just get people to understand that sometimes they're just bad. Sometimes they just suck. And this is also true, I should say, especially for our young for our young audience members, that sometimes men in your life will just suck. It's all right. They don't have hidden depths. There's just nothing more to them. They're just a bad clown. And I agree. And as a known boy liker, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's an important message. Not everyone has a redemption arc in them, and that's all right. It's true. Um, and Gamzee most certainly doesn't. Uh, I mean, not only was it like, not only were, like, was Gamzee like not ignored, like, acquiesced and Nepeta got ignored in the epilogue, but Gamzee got like. Sorry, who? Um, what did I say? Equius and Nepeta? Yeah. Who were those? I've never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> who are those guys? They got ignored, but like, Gamzee got like dunked on the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, this should be the equious episode, because this is by far the sweatiest episode of the podcast. Yeah, I agree. I decided to do the one where I was sitting outside in 80-degree weather. We can't do the equious episode without Lalo. That's that true, be, that yes. Would be, that would be a crime. That would be a crime. Um, and so... Uh, First off, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about like troll society because troll society is allegedly matriarchal, right? Right. Um, because the the condes is the condes is a woman, right? So right. it's you know she uh, she's got girl power. Uh. I mean, so like a society with that like holds up someone who is has by divine right power. That's not necessarily. That's not equality. Are you saying that monarchists who like Queen Elizabeth II are not, in fact, like, striking a blow for feminism? <laughs> I mean, the, the real problem with, like, Alternian society is, like, if it was written by someone, if it was written completely by the void, if it was, like, a completely neutral work, yeah. then maybe it could have had avoided being misogynist at times. But it was written by a 30... It was started by a 30-year-old white guy in 2009. Yeah. So it's a little sexist. Yeah, it like, is. And, like, so it's, like, I don't know. Like, and Troll Society is, like, what is it? It's, like, the Mobius double reach-around of, like, Troll Society was influenced by Doc Scratch, who was influenced by, like... Dirk. Yeah, it right. Was, and like, it, it's just like a. And in the end, it really is just it's all. It's like Dirk's an endless fault. circle of misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> in the universe of Homestuck, all misogyny is Dirk's fault. Originally. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> 
we're getting, I'm getting very canceled after this for being misinterest. Um, no, I wanted misinterest to, on Maine. Yeah, misinterest on Maine. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, uh, a listener named Porum Merriam uh, said something in one of our, uh, in, in, no, Porum said something in one of our, uh, in one of the open bounds. Um, a listener named Porum Merriam. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were raised in what was a formerly matriarchal society, which has always been used as a shield to downplay clear instances of female oppression and obfuscate the relevance of gender roles, particularly where they're weighted against females. And by the way, this is how you know that Andrew Hussey and not a woman wrote this because Porum is saying females. Um, <laughs> but, but anyone who's looked at our society more honestly can see that while, yes, it is superficially observed as a matriarchy on a fuchsia down basis, on a practical level, all of the enforcement and political power governing most classes was delegated to the higher CIPs, which were generally male-dominated castes. Oh, that's true. They got to control the agenda and dictate social conventions, and anyone who dared to object or to bring light to this could always be countered with, hey, matriarchy. End I'm, of discussion. I'm gonna start, stop you right there, because being a clown is kind of woke. <laughs> um, you know, there is the, there is the, I, I want to, I, being a clown is kind of woke in our world, right? Yeah, that's true. In our world, I would argue that it is in fact woke to engage in clownery, right? Uh, absurdism, you know, the, the, the history of the wise fool, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. absurdism, the court jester allows us to poke holes in authoritarianism in, the, in a way that right. few other things do. Right. Um, but on Alternia, uh, despite Zebra's assertion, uh, being a clown is not at all woke. Um, and you can tell it's wrong because Zebra said it. Um, and, um, and it is true, and, and, and you know, I think that this, uh, that, you know, because I've actually heard this specific argument before of, oh, well, it's a matriarchal society, how can there be sexism? And it's funny because this was already answered by a minor character in a walk-around game yeah. in 2012. Like, I mean, that would kind of be, like, the way that I, like, at least, like, while I write Hive Swap, I like I like want to be in a place where where like sexism isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds great, but I mean I know it is. Right. And I mean like and I'm writing from the perspective of a 14-year-old girl from 1994. Yeah. So like a lot of the stuff that Joey says is pretty sexist too because like when I was 18, I was I had a terrible intern. I was like, definitely like, oh, I'm not one of those girls. Oh, really? You I'm a cool girl. You you weren't fully emerged as like completely woke by the age of 17. I know it's wild. I think that means that you are irredeemable. It's true. <laughs> um, no, but you know, for me, it's like it's it's clear that trolls do place an importance on gender. I mean, you know, Porum and Cankery argue about it. Um, there's a whole like lesbian coffee shop. There's a lesbian too. cafe. I think we can dismiss the idea that this is somehow some sort of fictional like utopian world beyond gender, especially since Carcat like uses gendered insults a bunch. Your problematic fave. <laughs> I love. I love my problematic fave. <laughs> um, and, and, and it is indeed very clear that, like, that women, that, like, you know, girls on Alternia grow up with a lot of the same bullshit that we grew up in here. And also, it's a story written by a human person told to other human people and engaged in by human people at live shows in sweltering heat in Renton, Washington. Um, <laughs> like, like, you know, to... T- t- sweltering heat. Sweltering heat. Look, Y'all are adorable. <laughs> I've, been, I've been away from Florida for a while. Okay. It's gonna, it, this, this shit gets to me. Um... But I wanted to, uh, but, like, I... W- <sighs> All right, 
forget this. Let's talk about Jane. Yeah, let's talk about Jane Crocker. Uh, Mercurial Hecate asked I want to talk about Longcat. Yeah. Jane has a male-coded narrative influenced by Hollywood. Noir, detective, men, trademark sign. Similarly to Jake's female narrative, action movies. This goes against what these films taught her about the roles of women, slash thinks what she wants is a compet happy ending. Thoughts? I mean, like... And I, I, we were talking about this the other day that like lots of all of the female villains in Homestuck are are reacting to men. Yeah. Like they are very like the Condess is being controlled by a guy, like um, the Handmaiden. Yeah. Um, all of the female villains are kind of like reacting to men, but Jane is like very like. And for those of you at home, I'm using scare quotes. Is like a masculine villain. Yeah. Like, she's like a Bond villain in the epilogue. Um, so I think that that, like, it, it, it's weird that she's, like, the, the alpha kid John. Like, she's, yeah. like, because everybody was expect because, like, some of them have the same, they're just, like, I don't know. I think that it is really interesting that she was the first character to kind of have, like, a gender flip. Yeah. From, like, because we were all expecting the alpha kid that was John to be a boy. Yeah. Just, like, because, like. Dirk is a boy, Dave was a boy, and stuff, but it was like, oh. And then as opposed to, like, Jake, who has, like, kind of a female narrative, who he's always, like, ending up in an accidentally sexy outfits. Like, oh, my. Yeah. Or getting, like, kidnapped to Towers to be someone's bride or yeah. something like that. He really, his, man. His he ass re- is famous. His like, ass is famous, yeah. indeed. Extreme political power with that ass. Yeah, But, yeah. like... <laughs> so, no, I think it's interesting that, yeah, that she instead decides to, but she does try to go for the compet happy ending. She's right. like, I need a man, like I need a, a trophy. Yeah, yeah, I need two point, you know, I need I need 1.0 kids. Yeah, exactly. I need, um, <laughs> um, this was a question that Prom asked on, on Discord. Uh, what is the significance of lady villains in a piece like Homestuck where the ultimate evil is embodied by toxic masculinity? And I think this is really important because both of us have worked in these professional environments that have had these, like, really complicated issues of intersectionality in them, right? And both of us, and I think probably a lot of people listening, will recognize the woman that you work with who's, like, really poisoned by, like, hyper-competitive dude-ness, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, that need to, like, defend the old order by, yep. like, you know, by, by stabbing downwards and yeah. preventing anyone from, from climbing up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I've had, like, the rep the viz rep won't respond to my emails. They'll only respond to Andrew. Like, and I mean, it could be because he's Andrew Hussey, but it also could just be that like, I say something and then a man comes and repeats it, and that's the one that they yeah. listen to. Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, you know, it's a, that's that's like it's an unfortunate reality of our world. But it's all, but it's you know, it's true that it, it breeds a lot of frustration amongst the characters of Homestuck, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Homestuck's women struggle against the bounds of, of misogyny frequently, right? Yes. And they and they, they they get pretty fighty about it, in fact. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, it's, like, ho- like, toxic masculinity has been the villain the whole time. Like, I remember, like, back when I was just in fandom, I made a joke on Tumblr, and I was like, every bad thing that happens in home, everything that happens in Homestuck is caused by toxic masculinity or Vriska. Yeah. And a bunch of people tried to fight me, and I was like, guys, that was a joke. But also, why are you booing? I'm right. Yeah, that is like- <laughs> right. I don't disagree with you. 
<laughs> and the thing is, is that, uh, and, and here's my, my counter argument to that, is that Vriska did nothing wrong. I mean, we all know that now. <laughs> right. We didn't know that now. Right. Like, I didn't even know Andrew then. Yeah, it's like, true. Like, I didn't know him. It's true. Um, but, <laughs> no, but I, I understand that that's, a, that's actually a controversial thing to say. I'm Vriska's, not, the Vriska's did nothing wrong. I understand, I'm not stupid. I understand I mean, that. Taco Adventure Zone said it, so it yeah. must be true. <laughs> I'd, would Taco lead us astray? I don't never, think so. Never, no, never, never, never once. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would die for Taco as well. Um, <laughs> um, Wait, hold the phone. You die for a boy? Yes, I would. Holy shit! There's a couple boys I die for oh, in Taco. Okay. Just none of them are in Homestuck. Okay, good. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All the boys in Homestuck are weenies. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. That's how it's, I like my men. I'm yeah, sorry. I understand that, but I, you know, I like I like someone with a little bit more ability. Glitter. To, a little bit more glitter, I guess. Yeah. Maybe if maybe if maybe if some of the boys of Homestuck got over their toxic masculinity and wore some glitter. Yeah, wore some glitter. Yeah. That would be good. Give Dave a little time. I Dave will get there. I believe in Dave. Dave Strider. will get married in a wedding dress. Yeah, I Absolutely. believe in Dave. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, in relation to the patriarchy of Lord English, do they function under his rule or somewhere outside it? Like, that's the thing is, like, Lord English is not an interesting villain, actually. No, he sucks. I mean, the reason he's gone in the epilogue is that, like, it's not a video game anymore. Right. So there's no point in having a big video game villain. Ugh. He just is not even important. He just gets his ass kicked by the best character right. really fast. Lord English is never important. Lord English is a representation of, like, the continuing... Extingencies of like the society that they left behind. Right. Like Calibor represents everything that's shitty about society. He likes anime. <laughs> you come at me. You come at me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can't believe we're friends. <laughs> no, but you know he's 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 sexist. He's homophobic. He, like he's a chud. He uses Reddit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, he has a yeah. DeviantArt account. He which draws is, the hot yaoi's. He draws the hot yaoi's. Right, and and I think that's actually really important to acknowledge that like you can be super not woke and still draw the hot yaoi's. Draw the hot yaoi's. Yes. Yeah. Like just putting token gay representation into your DeviantArt fanfiction does not mean that you are in fact a fully developed human person. Um, <laughs> um, no, but you're like, right. But, you know, Lord English is a combination of a number of factors, like Equius, who never left the rules of his society behind and died for it. Um, and, like, Gamzee, who was the beneficiary of power in his society, and Dirk, who continued to establish this, like, who continued to carry this internalized homophobia and this shame and this negativity with him for the rest yep. of his life, even though he didn't need to. Yeah. And Lord he English... He could have tread the path of the woke boy like he, Dave, exactly, but he didn't. Exactly. And, again, this is just, like, you know, Dave has surpassed... Has surpassed the father in every way. Yeah. The bro in every way. You're true. <laughs> it's because it's Dirk. Dirk fundamentally doesn't understand the path of the woke boy. No, nor he does, doesn't. Nor he does Calibor, nor no. does Equius, nor does Gamsey. It's so fucking wild to think about how the villain is. Dirk has been part of the villain the whole time. And then, like, how deeply fucked up it is that, like, Lord English named himself after. The the boy that one of his splinters was obsessed with. Yeah, that's really wild. Yeah, that's that's basically dark. like yeah. And again, again, like that's part of the way that Homestuck is a subversion of typical fictional gender roles, which is that it's it's really a man's fault for dumping somebody that this entire story happened. 
Yeah. Which is the whole epilogue is the thrashings of a deeply butthurt man. You can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. I am. Okay. I say it. <laughs> All right. They are. I mean, it's like... No, it's true. I mean, Calm look, down, dude. No, it's true. Like, he I'm is, just like, you know, get a loft. Start a salsa company. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Get, get yourself together, get man. Get yourself together. Um, and that actually, that, that, that the Eric Andre show reference brings us to the third part of Prum's question, which is, uh, do you think Jane effectively utilized girl power by cucking Jake with a clown while using him as a figurehead to create the new rise of fascism? I don't think there's anything that's more girl power than cucking your hot husband with a clown. <laughs> that is like peak girl, right? That's what girl power is all about. Yeah, that's the that's the feminine ideal. Yeah, perfect. Fucking Gamzee. <laughs> I mean, like Crocker. I mean, Crocker to your Jane was my favorite Jane. Like even before the epilogue happened, and that whole part where like Gamzee grabs her and she just goes on this fucking rant. She's like, "Fuck you, get off me!" Yeah. I was like, "That's." She that says was, a lot of like homophobic stuff. Yeah, she's she yelling does. at. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird. People who I mean, we're gonna get to this question later. Like, did you? Were you surprised by? I guess we could do it. Yeah, right let's now. just do it right now yeah. because because we're actually Pips in a question. Um. Love you, Pip. Thanks yeah. for transcribing this, probably. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Feminine rage in Homestuck is often talked about as having a nearly divine righteous power. Uh, where do you see corrupt feminine power within the same framework? Is it fundamentally the same? What makes it different? Um, and then uh, where were you when you when you were bottom... When... Ahem. Uh-huh. Bottom? <laughs> Shut up. When you were brought out as a contributor to the epilogues, or read them for the first time in Kate's case, did Jane's villainy surprise you? Or was it something that was very easy to accept based on your prior understanding of her character? Yeah. Well, I mean, my thing is, like, I, I, I continue to maintain that if you aren't at least a little bit into your faves going evil, then can you really call yourself a stan? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but like Jane, I think I think every Luna stan, if Luna like rose up and took control of the United Nations, they would be like, hell yeah, yeah baby, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, I was not surprised at all, and I was like, oh man, Jane, she's finally interesting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've always kind of liked Jane, and I continue to insist that the reason the fandom doesn't care about her is because she's fat. Like, yeah. I think that that is literally true. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. And, and I'm complicit because I have never written anything about Jane. Like, all my fic is about Dave Cat because that's, you know, where my heart lies. Um, so, I mean, like, it's so easy for me to love the epilogue because, one, I worked on it, so I got some <laughs> money. And, two, because I got... It was Dave Cat, so I got everything I wanted. Right. So, um... But no, I wasn't surprised that Jane was like that because Jane has always been like peak capitalism coded. Like yeah. she, she was like the head of a, she was like a rich kid, and she like we all remember her being like, oh, Roxy, you were you were more fun when you were an alcoholic. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey. <laughs> um, you know, like Dirk is the one who like really like wouldn't tell his friends what was going on because he's like, I've got a plan. Don't worry about it. Right. I'm handling it. Right. Um, and like again, we saw Dirk. We saw Dirk's worst self in right. in Bro as well already, um, and like we saw, we already saw a manipulative orchest- orchestrating figure, like I guess assuming the role of the muse in orchestrating things, right. trying to take the spot. I mean, even like Nana Sprite, who was like, people are like, oh no, Nana's so nice. I'm like. She kind of just doesn't listen to John and just like pulls pranks pranks on him while he's like that might be the clown to part. not die. Yeah, yeah, that might be the yeah. You're right. It might, <laughs> it might be the, be the clown, Harlequin part. I was like, never people. I would like tweet things like, "Dad con- continues to be the only good." Because like when we when Hive Swap came out and we found out that Jake has like a bunch of families that he's just abandoned, <laughs> I 
I was like, dad continues to be the only good homestuck parent. And then people were like, this is blatant Nana erasure. I was like, I don't remember her doing anything except like just getting in John's way. <laughs> she did, you know, she baked him some things. She baked some things, but he doesn't like baked goods. Oh, right. That's true. He's oppressed by baked yeah, goods. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, no, I was not surprised at all. I was, like, delighted. I think that Jane is such a good villain. Yeah. She's an excellent villain, and she's, like, I don't know. I just, I think that, like, I think the reason that the epilogue got such an intense, visceral response from some people is because we've never, like, seen the characters, like, inner selves before. Like, we've never had narration. We've never had, like, so that scene where... Jake and Jane have sex and then when they're both drunk and they sleep together and in the morning you just get to see this really nasty like thought Jane's really nasty thoughts about Jake yeah and I feel like that it would not have hit as hard if you couldn't just see like how she like just did it. It removed she your ability. Did she did it for clout. Yeah. Like, like it removed your ability to assume the best of Jane. Right. Exactly. Um, which it turns out a lot of people were doing. Yeah. Whereas, as you know, if you're a regular listener of this show, you know that Jane has always listened to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I continue that I, I continue to love that the narrat- narrative doesn't let you forget how hot Jane is. Yeah. Like D- Dave continues to talk about it, and then K- Carcat's like, and she's like. Fine, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, his, his type is skinny, skinny boy. Yeah, skinny boys. Oh, you know everybody has weaknesses. Yeah, it's true. Car cat has Car- many. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's ass. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that seems to be again, again, like, I, like the the, the 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 thing that landed flattest in the Homestuck epilogues for me was the assertion by the narrative text that yes, Jake is absolutely attractive, and it's like, well, um, not not to me, but <laughs> I'm not buying it, Chief. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's fine. Uh-huh. I but still I still respect you as a person. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about the corrupt feminine rage. That, okay, that let's was a contrast with the righteous feminine rage, because like uh, the Crocker tear rage or, the, or Jane going. Uh, Grimdark or Rose's Grimdark phase is like which people forget about, which, which is like one of the best parts. Yeah, it is one of the best yeah. parts. Um, and then, like I, you know, I think that that is just as cathartic as like Aradia beating up Friska. Like I, I think agree. that's just as cathartic as as like all of the incidents of like r- righteous feminine rage and Homestuck. Right. Um, and just because it's to the detriment of our protagonist, like, doesn't change the fact that it is still immensely gratifying to see, like, a female character break out of these bonds oh, yeah. of behavior. Grimbark and Crocker were one of my favorite parts. People, like, I mean, the moment, like, that whole scene where Jane kidnaps Jake to her tower and, like, sexually menaces him, it's horrible. But, I like, as, as every moment in Homestuck that are my favorites are, like, I laugh. And then feel sick to my stomach. And yeah. that's why Homestuck's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like, Homestuck's pretty fucked up, It actually. is really like, fucked I, up. I, like, I know, that, I know that the epilogues are pretty fucked up, too, but it feels just feels just like it was baseline. Again, it's just because the prose was a little bit better at putting you in the right. place right. than, like, cartoony panels. Yeah, agreed, um, yeah. But, like, it just feel like same baseline level. Um, and it's about older characters, so they do even they do less childish fucked up things. There's a lot more sex, yeah. yeah right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's like for, for you know, it's, it's I like Jade. We just did an episode on Jade, and it's like I like Jade most when she's very angry. I like yeah. that deep well of rage yeah. that she has within her that she's always like plastering over with smiley faces. And the most I've ever liked Jade was the epilogue where she was drawing that shipping grid. <laughs> That was the most I've ever liked Jade. 
I, I like... I just, like, I guess there was just so much going on that I kind of didn't notice Jade. Like, there was just so... In, in Homesuck proper. Yeah. Like, I just, like... She didn't really hit my radar, but I really like her after the epilogue. Yeah, and me I, too. I feel like people are like, oh, you, everybody, like, her character was ruined. And I was like... By what? Because she has sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, because she's romantic, like, because she's, cause she's <laughs> polyamorous? Yeah. Is that, is that, does that ruin a character for you? Because then maybe we need to talk. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's a you problem, yeah. Chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, again, like... For me, for me, like I did have some major issues with the epilogue, and I've talked with you about them a few times. Yeah. Um, because you're the one who will listen, who wrote it, um, <laughs> who, who wrote part of it. Um, and you know, for me, it was about actually the moments not where female characters acted bad, because I love those it's moments. It's when they didn't do anything. Right. It's when they didn't get to do anything at all. Right. Right. And and again, like. I understand, I get that that's on purpose. I get that it's intentional to see the narrative, like, in the grasp of another shitty dude. When you have a story that is so controlled by women, that in order to have any subversion, you need to kind of turn that on its head. But, like you said, you still have to... I don't think that's worth subverting. You still have to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a... I don't think that's a... That's a thing about Homestuck that's worth subverting, to continue it. I think that's a thing about Homestuck that we're... That I was... That I would be cool with that always being the case, that women are the primary plot movers of Homestuck. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you to a certain extent, but then I just, like... I was just so into Dirk, just, like destroying everything. Like, I mean, like, I really think that if you, if you're a Dirk stan, watching him ruin everybody's life is just the best thing that can happen. Hey, you'd like, never guess this, but I'm not a Dirk stan. I know, yeah. I know, I, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am, I'm sorry. I just love Dirk. Just, I did, I did find, well, here's he the thing. He's such a piece of shit. I love him. Right, I find, I found, like, some people were disappointed, and it's like, I found Dirk's villainous turn uh, wholly within character for him, first off. Again, yeah, because of we saw so many yeah. examples of it, right? And second, because we got to see his introspective reasons why, which is that he felt it was necessary. Right, I he mean, thinks he's being a hero by being a villain because he's a big fucking dumbass. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but, like, taking some, like, taking a, like, repressed genius who grew up by themselves and giving them phenomenal cosmic powers... Not great. Yeah. Seems Not bad. Great, Bob. Like, seems ba- seems like, bad. Being, like, like, here's the thing is, I don't think that Dirk is, like, damned. I don't think we, we talked about oh, Dirk no. in the last episode I don't think that there was, well. I think the epilogue is just a case of, like, somebody who is trying to recover and completely fails. And it's extremely, it's very sad. Like, I remember having this, I mean, I did that long ass thread on Twitter about what I think the epilogues is about. And I think it's about, like, continuing to fight even when, even, like, realizing that that nothing will ever be okay, but continuing to fight anyway. Yeah. And, like, and continuing to fight even when you fail. And Dirk just wasn't willing to. Yeah. And that's, like, why meat is, like, meat is, like, the canon route. Because you can't have a story without a villain. Right. And he realizes that. And candy's just kind of mundane bullshit. Like, mundane hetero bullshit. Right, and and also, like, the exact same kind of, like, fascist yeah. nonsense that we're dealing with in the real world. Right, it's, like, just, like, the monkey's paw of, like, oh, wait, okay, so I want everything to be fine. 
Right. And this is John's idea of what five this is. is. A, right. This is a kid who grew up in the suburbs, not very far from here. Actually. Yeah, I know. Let's go. Um, let's go to John Egbert's house. Yeah, let's house. go to John Egbert's house. Let's Egbert's. all take the party <laughs> to John Egbert's is. house. Those poor people probably have a bunch of weirdos coming up, like in their front yard every four thirteen. Right. <laughs> that would be my guess. I've, I've actually never. Let's go gone. by the John Egbert house. We should go by the. We should take a picture in front of the John Egbert yeah, house and just really weird out some suburban yeah, white yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> um, but like you know, it, right? Candy is this idea of uh, like you know a perfectly fine world from a, from somebody who grew up in suburbia, from yeah. American suburbia. And let's be clear, like John was never happy in American suburbia, no, of right? Course not. But like it's what he knew, and he falls back into this comfort because he's depressed. And you know, I I get that. Sometimes I sit around and do nothing but play video games all Can, day. Candy John is the best John. Epic Divorce John is the best John. I love, I Epic love Divorce Candy John. Candy Egbert and. Like, I don't know, just like this this idea of even like the the Dave stuff. Yeah. It's just so like like a straight boy thought of like, oh, my best bro, he's bi. Well he could marry a woman. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Like that's fine. Like could marry Jane. Did, John didn't think about Dave being bi for more than five seconds because it would have prompted some very, some very, some, 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 some very confusing questions for him, right? I mean, like, there's like the moment where like John thinks about every conversation they've ever had and is like, oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the thing is like John. John is constantly running from self introspection, right? Is constantly running from introspection. And what does that make you think? Maybe John might be maybe trans. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Candy's an extremely trans narrative like this feeling of like oh something's wrong and I don't know what it is but it has to do with me it must just be canon yeah it must be the meta narrative yeah, yeah. And yeah I, I thought it was Andrew- the meta narrative at 17 too buddy <laughs> <laughs> the only the only headcanon I've ever seen Andrew get excited about is June Egbert like he's the one who sent me. He was like, "Oh, June Egbert. If you look, look at this like Easter egg, the Easter egg thing where it's like somebody drew John as the Vriska sprite." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, look, she's been here the whole time." Yeah. And he like would just tweet like text me at like midnight, being like, "Oh, I had a thought about June." He Egbert. does do that. I was like, "He's so excited about it." He does do that. Sometimes yeah. he messages me about clowns at midnight. I mean, that's very... that's part of working for what pumpkin <laughs> is getting messaged by Andrew Hussey like, "I have an idea." I don't. People people don't know that I do that. That you do, that you message Andrew Hussey about yeah. clowns? Well, yeah. now they do. Yeah, now they do. Like, I mean, the there's, the, there's a story of, like, one time when I'm sitting there with my girlfriend, Kat, and Andrew starts messaging me, and this was, like, I think it was January 2nd. Not that anything happened on January 1st. Whatever. Yeah, right? That wasn't, like, I, a I'm big like, day or anything. Right. And, and then I have to, I'm like, oh, I have to get, I have to answer this. Andrew's messaging me. And then Kathleen, I can't believe I just cock-blocked by Andrew Hussey. And then we hear my roommate from the, like, the other room, home cocked! <laughs> just, like, delighted. Like, yeah. It's like that sometimes. I just we just talk about clowns because do you yeah because that's I mean that's really sort of the, the what we hit it off. We about. mostly just send Obama memes to each other. <laughs> I, and I sent him that fucking pony so like the Instagram the ponysaurus thing. I sent him that and he just left me on red. Well, he's I mean, like this. He's like I'm get tired. Memes, I'm tired I of I just bullshit. <laughs> I just no. I mean, I do think that clown that clownery is genuinely important as a response to this era. I mean, when you know you look at, at Dadaism and absurdism in art, yeah, and, and it was a response to the horrors of World War One. I, I right? mean, the, the internet is extreme. Like, I mean, 
millennial humor and homesuck is extremely dotist. Right. It's extremely like. Right. And yeah. I think in a lot of ways it is a response to a similar kind of alienation to the things mm-hmm. that people faced in, in you know, in the, in the 1920s and, and like in the aftermath of an, a new industrialized right. form of I warfare. Mean, and, irony didn't really exist until after World War II. Like, I mean, if you, if you like read, like, so if you read like, say like Jeeves and Wooster, like yeah. comedy from like the Edwardian period, like early 1900s, the humor is very earnest. Yeah. Like it's not, but then you, after the two world wars and like all this shit and everybody and irony just like came into being in the fifties. Cause everyone's like, well, shit. Nothing like, makes sense. Anymore. Nothing makes sense. We destroyed the world because capitalism yeah. is running yeah, amok. Yeah, irony is, terrible. is the natural response yeah. to capitalism. There's no like, yeah, there's no way to survive except to be like, guess I'll die. So maybe we should put on face paint and go march on government facilities. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Exactly. No, no, I know. Exactly. I know. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> No, he is. So the, the area, you know what? This is totally unrelated to the topic of this show, but the Area, area 51, 51 memes, jokes are not funny. The Area 51 memes really bother me because there's some other fucking places we should be storming first. Yeah. <laughs> while there's kids in cages, I don't want jokes about storming alien facilities. Yeah, exactly. Not to be like, not to get serious. Yeah. But and, yeah. And you know, if you're from around here, there's one right here. There's a facility where where immigrants are being held right here, the Northwest Detention Center, um, and. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. And again, this is part of why, like, for me, this is why Friendsim was so important to me. Because it was a, a story about, like, assembling social connections and, like, finding solidarity in the presence of unimaginable horror, right? And it's why, for me, like, having fascism be the villain in the Homestuck epilogues was not, like... Like, I am not actually here to escape, right? I'm not actually into fiction to escape. I, I want to engage with, like, the very real problems that we have in our world and, like, you know, get a occasionally silly, occasionally shorthand, right. like, like, understandable way to grapple with them. And I think that any media that you make in 2019 that doesn't grapple with the fact that, like, terrible things are alive and well in our world, like, yeah. it's going to just seem totally tone deaf. I mean, it's so it's so weird. Like, there's so many jokes that when I was writing Friend Sim, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oh, this part of Alternia is real fucked up. Not like your world. Oh, well, it's pretty much like that in your world too. Yeah. Like, oh, in this world, you know, people just hate on other people for their blood color. That's not an, um. Hmm. 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 Well. Hmm. <laughs> Funny. Well, yeah. yeah, but, you know, at least in this world, we have a justice system that doesn't just imprison people for no, oh, hmm. Oh, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I even, like, there's, like, some of that in, like, with J- Joey, like, yeah. spoiler alert, I guess, like, Joey being like, oh, you know, like, our justice system, you know, it's all about, uh, maybe it's, hmm. <laughs> Like, she's a 14-year-old girl from the 90s, and she knows that. Yeah. Like, she knows, oh, maybe it's about money. Yeah. But, you know, every like, that's the thing is, is that, I, I like, that's the thing about, even a child knows that America yeah. isn't fair. There's so, right? yeah, like, Act 2 is so much of, of, of Zephros being like, oh, like this, is this, like this in Earth? And Joey's like, no, not, um. Huh. I guess maybe it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe Alternia is just a ham-handed metaphor for all the worst things about Earth, isn't it? Huh, really makes you think. Really? At least the at least the gray aliens are sometimes hot. That's true. <laughs> there, there are some very hot ones. Yeah. Oh. Looking at you, Lonk, you piece of shit. I, I don't understand that, but... Canceled. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. people have sent me. I'm like, people like, who are your favorite friend sim trolls? And I'm like, Skyla and Lonk. People are like, why Lonk? And I'm like, I like hot, mean people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gay. I like hot, mean people. <laughs> I, uh, like, I mean, you know, I, it's, again, it's just like, I can't, I literally can't judge because I'm, like, I'm big into your murder clown that you wrote just because, like, she's really hot. Yeah. I like Shahut. I mean, me too. I mean, I was a, not a clown fucker until Chahut. Yeah. It, it, clown fuckery comes from I clown from fucked my own damn self. <laughs> you clown fucked your way into the grave. Yeah, I did. Um, I think we should probably take listener questions now before we keep talking about this. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody got anything that they want to ask? I got it. I took a question from Artemis on Twitter, but if you want to just ask it in person, you can do that. Yeah, sure. Uh, why not? So, you already answered the part about Jade, I think, but where do you think Jade's arc would have gone if she had been in the Grimdark state for as long or longer as she was in the free rep contact line? Uh-huh. Which I think is just such an interesting thing to think about because... That was so cathartic for her. She yeah. Got right. Her. I think it would have honestly been good for her. She still has a lot of unresolved bullshit by the current time. Um, yeah. I I really think that Jade is... Like, I, I always think about Carcat's thing that he said during I'm Putting You on Speaker Crab, an auspicious title. <laughs> um, what he said, the Alpha Timeline doesn't care about your personal journey. And Jade, I think, more than any other character, was sacrificed to the plot. Like, Jade's development got, literally got erased in yeah. order to keep people alive, to keep everybody alive. Um, and I think that that is really powerful, but she doesn't know it, and she can't appreciate it, which sucks. Only we can appreciate it for her. Yeah. That, like... Well, a hypothetical ultimate self, Jade, right, would right. be able to do like, that, this, right? Like, this, like, this sacrifice that she made that, like wasn't even, I mean, it wasn't really even her doing it all, but, like, she lost all this, all this, like, stuff. She lost her relationship with Dave Sprite. She lost her relationship with her brother. And it's, like, and I do. I think that, I do love Grimbark as, like, righteous female rage. I think that that's really cool. Although, I don't know, I feel like that she had less agency as Grimbark than Jane had as Crocker-Tier. Mm -hmm. I felt like Crocker-Tier was, like, a little more, like... I feel like... I don't know. Maybe I just noticed Jane more because she was, like... I don't know. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I, was, I, wasn't, I was like, I'm not gonna save Aisha. Aisha has to get out of this with her damn self. <laughs> I think Crocker-Tier Jane's really hot. I'm sorry. I mean, Cancel me. That's fine. I really like the part where, where Jane was like, I'm gonna eat your organs. Yeah, that's good, too. <laughs> I, <laughs> Remember when she like kicked the mayor into lava or, yeah. or something? She's like, really, she really did some fucked up stuff. Man. I know. I, I know, love it. It's I know. great. <laughs> like I think everyone in Homestuck should get a turn at being antagonistic. Yeah, I really I think do. I, I mean, I love, I love villains. I want every character I like to be a villain. Right. Every I like. I think that every character should get a, should get one of those like nice therapeutic. It's like a spa day, but you get to be the antagonist. You know for a who I while. would love to see as a villain? It will never happen. I would love villain Dave Strider. Yeah. It would be so powerful, but he would never do it because he's a woke boy. He's a woke. He's too woke he's to be a villain. He's too woke. He's too, he's such a woke weenie. <laughs> be problematic, you loser. <laughs> anybody else? Does anybody else have a question? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Because I got a two-parter. 
why did we stop talking about the live thing armpit forecast? Oh, right. Um, well, to be to be clear, let me be extremely clear. I have been lost in that vortex yeah. forever. I mean, there was a lot of questions that we didn't take that were like, what is the sexiest female villain? And I feel like that we might have, to, I mean, like, we might have to have a standoff between the Condess and Mindfang. Because I feel like the Condess is the sexiest female villain. I think Mindfang is. We might have to fight. I mean, I would think yeah. Mindfang is. Gambligman8. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Gambligman8. Right. But, like, also the fact, I remember when Collide happened and there was some discourse over the fact that the Condess's death is very sexualized. Like, when she gets stabbed, it's very, like, like, very, like, you know. And I was like, God, if anybody deserves to have their death sexualized, it's that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, she done ruined everybody. She got stabbed. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't, like, I'm in polite company. Like, let's, she got stabbed. I that's, know. that's just what I happens. Know. Sometimes you get stabbed. Yeah, sometimes you get stabbed. <laughs> but, like, the Condess, yes. Up, like, fucking up there. Yeah. Sexy villains. That's fair. I just, yeah. I just, I, I mean, just have a Mindfang weakness. I mean, Mindfang also, like, Mindfang did the most, pro- had the most problematic page of Homestuck, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> only the closest we ever came to, like, sexual violence in Homestuck. Yes, it's Mindfang. very, it's very problematic. <laughs> yeah. It, I hated it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I hated that page of Homestuck. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. Next, yes, please, somebody save us. Please, somebody. Can I? Yeah, yeah Kat. Save us. Okay, I'm a little bit dry. Sorry. That's um, fine. I want you to talk about the Condess, because you have not been talking enough about her. Yeah. She shares a lot of elements with Jane, like being super associated with better things like baking. Yeah. But also classism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but fascism and baking, like the two most feminine traits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And an obs- I mean, she's got an obsession with wealth. We were talking about it earlier that she's subservient to a male like right billionaire. Right, but but also I think it's great that she is like so. Oh God, being drunk is hard. It is really hard. She's keeping like um a guy prisoner, which is like yeah, like she she keeps him in a tower, and the tower is her ship, and it's. Yeah. Oh, that's true. The psionic yeah. is. Oh, she yeah. does have. The psionic is a very is a damsel in distress. Very much. Yeah, so. he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. She does keep the psionic kind of tied up, doesn't she? A little bit. Sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Um, I, I <laughs> this mean, is like, a really bad episode so, of this show. Yeah, this, this, I mean, every episode we do, eventually one of us is like, "This episode sucks." Yeah. <laughs> we. The problem is, is that there's no check on either of that's our true. sort of worst qualities. I guess. That's true. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait until we get finally get Andrew on the show. It's just gonna be a. He dis- won't come it's on. It's gonna be a fucking disaster. He won't I'm come going. On. Maybe we have to do like a really high Patreon tier, like fifty dollars for Andrew. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna paywall Andrew. It's not like like he won't come on. There's uh, no way. I, I definitely have to paywall Andrew. I need some fucking money. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can subscribe to Aisha's Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Aisha Ufera. We, yeah, there's just a, there's a great video of me and James just destroying Malik. That guy deserves it. No, but Dia, we, I what's mean, up? we didn't, we didn't answer Kat's question. Oh, right, shit, you're right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dia was, Dia was raising their hand and I, but, my, my professorial so instinct like, took the, over. The Condess is like, I don't know, I, I feel like, like I, I said this the other day when we were talking, but I feel like that every female villain in my life is like, like, not to get real, but, like, my mother, my grandmother, I feel like everybody 
all of the things they do that hurt me were in response to what a man did to them. So I feel like that it is not unrealistic to have female villains responding to things that men did to them. Yeah. So, I mean, the Condess was, let's be real, the Condess was a piece of shit before Lord English got a hold of her. Well, I mean, the Condess came to power in a world dominated by Lord English, right. and she came to power in a system that was created for her to take power in by an right. evil man. Right. So, I don't know. And you I mean, can't like, really disentangle that. And then Maybe have... the Condess did nothing wrong? Oh, God! <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that where we're landing? <laughs> I mean, I love Mina. Like Mina's one of like Mina's one of my favorite characters. Not just because she's a Pisces. Yeah. And I'm also a Pisces. Uh huh. But like, yeah, I love Mina. My dad's favorite character is Fairy. And I was like, why do you like Fairy so much? He's like, she's so cute. <laughs> like that's such a dad character. Well, he, had, he had a much more adorable reason when he came on the show. What did he say? He said she reminded her. She reminded him of you. Oh. Everybody knows that my dad is geezy. Like, my dad wrote the Karako and Fazer routes. I don't know if everybody knows that. Yeah. But, yeah. Your dad owns. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad, my dad your... writes for Homes. I can't believe my dad writes for Homestuck. <laughs> yeah. So, you, yeah, you know all the details. Your dad works for Homestuck. I know, right? <laughs> I have a dad who works for Homestuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, Dia. Uh, do you find it metaphorically resonant that this is an Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, l- let me be absolutely fucking clear. The the number one thing that I resent about 2019 and Homestuck is that to talk about Homestuck, to think about Homestuck, to have a podcast about Homestuck, I have to think about Dirk fucking Strider all the goddamn time. I'm so goddamn tired of Dirk Strider. I love Dirk Strider. I hate you. <laughs> I hate that man. I hate his. Stupid, stupid anime sword. I hate his stupid sunglasses. I hate his stupid mansplaining. I hate his stupid sexism. I well, hate him. Well, just, I, um, uh, so, there's, I don't know if y'all heard of, like, so, there's a, you, um, Twitter user, Yo It's Crow, is, uh, doing a, a magazine, a zine of problematic characters. And after, and they did a call for it before the epilogues dropped, and then the epilogues dropped, and all the people writing Dirk dropped out. <laughs> but he so, just, but why? He got more problematic. I know, I know. You're writing know. for a problematic I know. zine. I already so had then, an issue. My issue with that zine was that Briska was used to promote it, and she's not at all problematic. <laughs> We can have we can have that talk in a second. But then I was like, okay, because you're my friend, I'll write Dirk for you. And I sat down to write a piece about Dirk. I sat down to write about Rose and Dirk quipping on their spaceship. Yeah. And instead, I just argued with Dirk Strider for a thousand words. Yeah. So please get the problematic zine because it's just me. Aisha Yufara arguing with Dirk Strider. I can't. I, I can't. Even. Calling him a dickhead. <laughs> I like if I tried to write a scene like that, I just wouldn't listen to it. It's I just one of the best. I wouldn't things. even let him speak. It's like, and then I got to the end. I was like, this is either the best or worst thing I've ever written, and I literally can't tell. That's the homestuck mood right yeah. there. Um, but I, I mean, I think that 
Vriska belongs on the cover of the problematic zine because of all the characters. I think she's the only one who's had a frozen, who's had like a Reddit lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, well, I feel like she's the most famous problematic fave. Yeah, absolutely. Because people and, don't understand her, and that Andrew's like commentary hasn't come out where he told us that Vriska did nothing wrong. Yeah, it's true. But uh, and and to be clear, I was being problematic. Like, like I, while while I do firmly believe and sincerely believe that Vriska did nothing wrong, once you consider the circumstances, I am not saying that you should throw your friend off a cliff. Let me be very clear about that. That's probably a pretty bad call for you who did not grow up on Alternia yeah, having then, to murder and then, be like, and then blame him for not being able to walk. Yes. Like, let's not do that. Well, throw your friend off a cliff, would you do it too? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you shouldn't throw your friend off a cliff. Also, you weren't raised probably having to kill by children. By a giant spider? By a giant yeah. spider having to kill children to feed your mother. If you were, then... Your Catholic mother. Yeah, you're very Catholic mother. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> next, next question. Next question, Nico. Um, so, who's a woman in Homestuck who you think has a capacity for villainy that hasn't really been utilized within Homestuck? Rose. I mean, it's been utilized, but like, it was not as utilized as far as it could have been. Yeah, well, it's like Rose had a brief flirt flirtation with antagonism, um, like in the early acts of Homestuck, but she started destroying the game. Um, and and you know, Kanai was like, "Hey, wait, stop! You're so sexy. You're destroying everything." <laughs> no. I deeply, I deeply believe that if Dirk had just come to Rose and been like, "Hey." want to ruin everything. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. She would have been like, yes. This is the thing that I'm most annoyed about is because Dirk's perspective is all that we see in me, and it so frequently undermines Rose's autonomy right. as it undermines every character who isn't Dirk's autonomy, right? right? Is that uh, nobody appreciates the fact that maybe Rose did this on purpose and maybe Rose is a bit evil. Yeah, um, and, I love it. And I, I don't know if anybody remembers that Paradox based comic where they play D&D um, where like she rolls up a chaotic evil male character and Terezi's like why did you do that? And she was like well I just wanted to explore, you know, I wanted to use this game environment to explore gender identities that were alien to me. And then Terezi was like well is that why you're evil? And she's like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like I love that every, I mean, like, because everything Andrew does is, like, people are like, I want this, and Andrew's like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, people were like, we want Dirk and Rose to talk, and he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, I don't know, like, yeah, You I, wanted this, people. Yeah. I mean, I have a philosophy degree, so all of, like, the Wikipedia philosophy that they do is just, like... I remember being 23 and stupid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that Rose would be a great villain. I also think that, um, that there was, like, a lot of, like, a lot of the, I think Kanaya would be a great villain. Interesting. Honestly. Yeah. I think Kanaya would be a great villain. Just, like, I think, you know, I just like girl villains. Yeah, I think most of the women in Homestuck would make good villains. I, Therese would not make a good villain. No, she wouldn't. She would suck at it. Yeah. Well, because she's too... She's got, she likes justice or whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, Terezi justice is kind of like... Whatever's fun. Yeah. Like or maybe she would make an all, she would make an okay villain. She, yeah. She'd just be like, she'd, she'd be a, an anti-villain, sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vriska would be a great villain. The be I mean, like, the thing about Vriska is that, like, Vriska is unlike any other female character because I've never seen a character as ruthless as Vriska who 
isn't ever a villain. Yeah. She's been a protagonist the whole time. Yeah. She, but she's introduced with her with the parts that would make you think she's a villain right. first. And right? it's so wild to me, like, reading Homestuck for the first time and being like, a man wrote this? Like, it is confusing. There is it no... Is, other than the part where Purim says females while talking about feminism, it does... Like, there is no time in Homestuck where any character I was ever like, this is the girl. Yeah. Like, nobody has the girl vibe. Yeah. And it's just like he just wrote... Except for, for um, Latula, but that's on purpose. Right. But he just, like, gamer girls. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Fuck it. But, um, like, Latula is, like, a takedown of, like, the 90s, like, girl power idea. Just, right. like, like, not actually, like any sort of interesting commentary on femininity, but just like, I'm a girl, I skateboard, look how cool I am. I mean, from his own, like, like commentary, he was like, these characters were supposed to be stupid. Like, Bro, they don't were, listen. They were, not, they were not supposed to have any depth. They're one, they're one-dimensional walk-around game characters. But yeah, no, I think Rose, yeah, Rose is born to be a villain. Like, and y'all will, uh, maybe get some more stuff about Rose in the future. I don't know. Interesting. That's an interesting thing. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> um, it can 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 people expect anything else from What Pumpkin? Uh, like before the end of the new year? Um, I would say keep an eye out for What Pumpkin in the next two weeks. All right. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, and that's our show. <laughs> Everybody get frightened for the next two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so first off, uh, if you're listening at home, uh, thank you. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. I look forward to seeing you at a future show. Uh, you're listening to music dubbed in by President for Life of the Perfectly Generic Music Team, Gumi. And let's give Gumi a round of applause for all the incredible work that they've done. Um, Gumi is going to be one of the guests at our live show in Staten Island, New York, which I'm really looking forward to. It's in December. Um, I'm going to try to come to that one, and I won't even be on the panel. I'm just going to fucking chill. Aw. I mean, you, if you want me on the panel, I'll no, do it. No, I've, like, I've, I've already got two people. Yeah, I'm just going to fucking chill. Yeah, yeah, just fucking chill. We've got, we got, we're going to have optimistic people like listening to me at that show. New York is great. I would never want to live there, but it's great. Yeah. Um, optimistic duelist and Gumi will be there. And in October, uh, we're going to have another show with Aisha and Crow. Um... And I'm going to drop my water bottle on the ground and make a really loud noise, and it's going to get on the audio recording. Um, and that's going to have, and that's going to be at the pit. Uh, you're going to need tickets for that one. Uh, you can find information on these shows at uh, pgenpod.com/live. Um, yeah, please come to my hometown. Yeah, let's let's go visit. Let's let's all it's go not my visit. My hometown. Aisha. It's where I fucking live. My hometown is Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my hometown. You know, my best friend Obama. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, before we finish, I wanted to thank um, our our uh, Skylark tier patrons at the end of the show: uh, Bucky Grant, Carmen, Finn Hickey, Fragment Voyager, Goomba Masta, Hair, Alexander Strider, Isaac Chapman, J.R. Hyde, J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness itself, Kansas just got gayer, Krista Fables, Lockery, Paravelix, Rose Reardon, Taylor Dierks, Tina Kell, Brisk Communism, X Teen. Yo, Johnseth, Yo, It's Crow, and Zach. I love Zach. I love Zach, too. Thank you, Zach. Zach, we love you. <laughs> Come to one of our live You're shows. You're powerful. Zach. Yeah. Um, let's see. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gamblignan8 if you really like listening to me talk about Formula One and doing discourse all the time. Um, yeah. I don't really do that much discourse. I'm Aisha Ufara. I do discourse for all of you. Yeah, please please follow that. And, and there's a Homestuck Twitter. There's a... Um, MSPA Reader has a Twitter. 
Um, he jacked my display name, which I yeah. jacked from from them. I guess. Yeah, they they. I'm sorry, I'm, take I'm your... sorry, I misgendered. I can't believe you misgendered. I, I misgendered my own self-insert. <laughs> um, and there's also a um, Homestuck Instagram too, an official Instagram where you just get pictures of nacodiles with sunglasses. All right, because that's how we roll. The Homestuck Instagram. I, I know that there's a thriving community of Homestuck Instagram. There is. That's mostly just very, screenshotting my tweets. They're extremely <laughs> pure. They're extremely pure. Yeah, I mean they just screenshot. You know, if you're if you've ever had a tweet get popular on Homestuck Twitter, it's probably been screenshotted on Instagram without you even knowing. I am all over Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it's very I'm weird. I'm huge on Instagram. Uh huh. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. That's 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 it. Uh, next week we're gonna have Artemis Ruby, uh, who's here in the audience with us tonight, uh, joining us on tonight. This, this is the afternoon. Let's be real. Uh, joining us for an episode on the ultimate self. Um, I'm drunk at five nineteen. You're welcome. Well, that's you're a writer. That's how it that's goes. That's true. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Mm-hmm.